Let's pray, shall we? What happened to the front row? Alrighty. Lord, we just want to thank you that we can come together this morning. We thank you for your presence and us being able to enter in deeper into you, Lord. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. Angels, we welcome you. We'll be quiet our hearts and our minds to receive from your word today, to hear your heart. Lord, that you would show us if there's anything that you want us to just let go of so that we might embrace all that you have for us. Help us to focus upon you at this time. We just come against any distractions, any cares of the week, any worries, anything later in the day. We just lay that aside right now and we focus upon you, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In Jesus' precious name, we all said, Amen. Um, the last couple of months I've been very quiet. You may have noticed I haven't been speaking as much. And, uh, well, not really. And, um, <laughs> um, and I've just been, been getting quiet with the Lord because, you know, sometimes we just need to do that. We need to just get quiet, reflect, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And, uh, He's been dismantling some things in me and in Philip, but I'll, talk for me and uh, just I had a friend say to us I think um, the Lord is dismantling some things that he might put you on a more blissful foundation uh, more joy less work so I kind of like that <laughs> um, but I, I know you might have heard Philip and I say that we feel like we've been pruned in the last couple of months and just any excess anything that is really not focused completely on what the Lord has called and asked us to do with their lives has been cut off and uh, you know God does that you don't have to be worried about being pruned. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every bit branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So when we want to be more fruitful, you've got to be up to be pruned. Not run away every time God gets the secretaries out and says, let's just get rid of that there. Because as you know, when a rose or a fruit tree or anything, it needs to be pruned. Otherwise, the fruit doesn't produce as well, does it? Yeah. And when that that tree or that bush is pruned right back. It looks a bit like a stick, you know, not very attractive. But you have to have that happen to have that plant bear fruit. And God says the same about us, that if we want to be more fruitful, even when we are fruitful, God says, I'm going to make you more fruitful. So I'll prune some stuff. So it's okay to be pruned. You can say, God, prune me. <laughs> but... uh that's what the Lord's been doing. So I really just want to share my heart this morning of what the Lord's been speaking. It's almost like my journal entries I'm going to read today, but that's all good. So, uh, you know, I was spending some time with the Lord and he took me to, um, he was saying to me, I want you to find my place of rest and operate out of that space. Because often we don't. Sometimes we don't even know that place of rest in God because we're so busy toiling and rushing about and being busy and I'm going to do it my way. And God's been saying to me, I want you to find your place of rest in me and then operate out of that space. And I was, uh, he kind of showed me, I was spending some time and I went in the spirit to the street in Switzerland 
And I was like, oh, this is really nice. And he was showing me this street and uh, it was so beautiful. And he said to me, if you'll do things my way, you'll experience all the wonders of the world, all the people, all the places. But if you do things the world's way, life will pass you by and you'll regret it and resent it. It's a little bit confronting on my nice, you know, morning time with the Lord. And he says, I was like, oh, yeah, and I came out to have some brekkie and he kept on talking to me and he says, you can choose to stay the same, doing the same old things, working the system. You'll stay the same size you are or you can let others help you and grow. And so he's been pruning me because I like to make sure everybody's all right and know what's going on. And he says, you know, you cannot do that if you're going to fulfill the call that I have on your life to reach many, many multitudes of people for him. And so he was saying, I want to, I want to do it my way. You've been working the system. And anybody who's been around in church leadership or been in church for more than five minutes knows that church has a system. And sometimes that system is actually the world coming into the church and it's not God's system. God has a completely different way of doing things. And, and he was saying, you can't work the system, the world's system, and let it come in. And uh, Deuteronomy 10 verse 8, Deuteronomy 10 verse 8, talks about the tribe of Levi. And they are set apart to carry the presence, to minister to the Lord and to speak blessings in his name. And then Jesus came and he became our high priest. So Levi was set apart. That's the tribe. It's one of the tribes, you know, and um, they were the priesthood. And they were set apart and they would administer the blessing. They would actually go to God, go to his word, and then they would speak that blessing over the people. They would administer the sacrifices. They would stand in the gap between God and man and they would be that person. And then Jesus came and he became the high priest. He became the tribe, you know, like in the line of what, what the priests had done back in the Old Testament. And he says, I am your high priest. I administer for you. I speak the blessing. And you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and you see him blessing the people. He says, I administer that blessing. I invoke the blessing to you. I am the blessing. And he became the ultimate sacrifice. And then you find, if you read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, you now are a royal priesthood, a holy nation set apart for God. And that's us. When you ask Jesus into your life, you don't need a go-between between you and God anymore. Jesus has become that for you. He became the sacrifice. He spoke the blessing. And then he says, now you are in me, and so you are a royal priesthood. And you don't need somebody else to be the go-between anymore. You can have access to the throne of grace. You can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive all you need. And so when, when you get hold of that, that we are a royal priesthood and that God wants to use us, but he doesn't want to use us in the systems of the world. He doesn't want to use us in the, in the way that often the world thinks. He says, if you'll come aside with me and just hear what I have to say, and then I want you to bless. I want you to be like those priests, that they would bless the people. You see, because our words are important and what we say are as important. And that's why the devil wants control of them. Because you understand the priests bless the people and invoke the blessing. And God says, that's your, now your job. You are a royal priesthood. When you 
bless people, it's powerful. And that's why the devil wants our words. Because he knows that when we speak, it's powerful. And the Lord's been sharing with me about how it is that we are oracles of heaven, that we speak the things that we receive from heaven and we speak them out. And that is actually our job. And too often we get in the system of doing church, we get in the system of our faith, of we toil and we work and we try to do things our way, when all God is saying is seek me, seek what I'm saying, and then invoke the blessing over those people around you. Release the blessing over those people around you. The world system grabs hold and says, how can I be more important? What is my role? Look at me, look at me. And even in church, you can have that. What's my place? What have I got to do? What's my role? Look at me, look at me. I'm this person. And we put labels on people and we put labels on ourselves because we're too often working in the world system. And God wants us to step into who we are, not to be stressing and striving. And the Lord, that's what he's been pruning off me. He's like, you know what? All you got to do is seek me. When you seek me, you'll find me. Come face to face with me. Look me eye unto eye and just receive from me what I want to give you. Then you're not doing things in the world system because if we listen to what's out there, we listen to how everybody else is doing things, we're going to fall into the trap of stressing, of striving, of trouble, of strife. You will just fall into doing things the world's way. And God's saying, don't do that. If you want to have the blessing that he gave us, he invoked that blessing, we've got to let go of the way that we have been doing things and let him do it. Because he says, I want you to experience all the wonders of the world. I want you to experience life overflowing. But if you keep on doing things the way the world says to do it in the system, then you will resent it and you will have a mountain of regret. You know, too often we feel we have to prove ourselves and that's what drives us. We have to prove ourselves. And the Lord really spoke to me and he said, why are you so busy trying to prove your worth? It's caused you to fall too often into toil. Now, toil isn't work. Toil is a step further from work where you're just pushing all the time and you're working like a dog. You know, I mean, Australia is awesome for it. We have songs about it. It's in our national anthem. Toil, you know, but it's by the sweat of the br- our brow. And if you look back in Genesis, that was the curse. And what has Jesus become for us? He became the curse for us that we might be set free, that we could live under the blessing. And too often we're getting into the system of the world where we toil. And he's saying, don't toil anymore. And he says, you don't have to prove your worth to anyone because in us, in the world, you have to prove your worth. And if you don't prove your worth, you'll get pushed aside. If you don't prove you can keep on growing and developing and be better than the next person down the ladder from you, you're going to get pushed aside because they're going to run up past you. It's constantly prove your worth. You know, as a woman, you have to prove that you can do everything as good as a man can do it. In the workplace, women have been trying to get the, prove their worth so they're paid equal pay. As a wife or a mother, you have to, you know, you're constantly looking at the person who at six o'clock in the morning looks spectacular and you think, how does she do that? Yeah? 
you know, and the fashion magazines and the, I mean, it's not just females. I mean, there's guys and they're like, I don't know how they have those six packs except that they spend their professional, you know, all the time in the gym. But it's like constantly people comparing and going, I've got to prove that I'm good enough. I've got to prove that I'm equal to that person. And we get into toil. And he says to me, he says, you don't have to prove your worth. I've already approved you. I have already approved you. He's already done all the work for us. When he went to the cross, he did the toil. He did the toil. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy? That we would be set free. He knew He knew what he had to do and why he was doing it is because every person, he knew that he was going to set them free from the toil. He was going to set them free from the curse. And he says, you don't have to prove your worth because I have already approved you. In Hebrews chapter 12, and if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn. Verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, he did that for us. He endured the cross because he knew that it was going to break forth joy on us if we grab hold of it. We don't have to toil. We don't have to do things the world's way. And the Lord's been really talking to me about that, about don't fall into the trap of doing things in the system. And boy, there's a system. And the devil works that system and he'll poke you because he knows where your button is. And so he'll come and nudge your button. He has demons that track you. They're familiar with your little button-pushing moments. They know where your weaknesses is and they keep on tracking you. And if you keep on doing the same things and never stopping and going, what am I doing? Why do I keep on falling into the same things? Those demons will just keep on pushing that button to get you to keep on falling into those traps. So we've got to be aware of what we're doing. and Are we surrendered to God? Are we toiling? Are we getting into... God's way of doing things or falling into the trap of under the curse of toil and stress and striving. So I ask God, what am I supposed to be doing then if I don't have to work? I just sit here and, you know, just have a happy all the time. Because, you know, you think, well, how does that practically work out? God says not to get into toil, not to be stressing and striving. But how does that work out? So I asked him and he said, Seek me, seek my face. Then when you see what you see in me, when you speak to someone, it will just flow out. All you got to do is seek me and abide in me. And I know Philip's talked about that over the months of just spending time with him and seeking him and abiding in him. That's where it all comes out. I mean, Philip said the scripture today. It's like if you, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, Ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Think about that. That's fairly profound. Seek me. Abide in me. That means settle down, dwell, hang out, relax, relax in him 
and let his word sink in and dwell in you and settle deep within you and ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. But too often we go, oh, yes, I read this. Right, now back to toil. Oh, yes, God, yes, I just love your presence. Yes, I had a great time. Then back to the same old thing because we get in the habit of living under the curse and under the toil. And God is saying, stop doing that. If you want to experience all the life and abundant joy and pleasure and at his right hand as pleasures forevermore, that's as that his cup overflows for us. You know, you're overflowing, super abundant, that he will do more than we can ask or think or dream or imagine. But how do you reach that? Well, the word says just to seek him. Seek my face. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek with me with all your heart. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever say, you know, you've got to make success happen. Nowhere does it say that you've got to, you know, try to make things work out. Nowhere does it say that you go after money. Nowhere does it say that you even go after trying to find a good husband or wife. Nowhere does it say that. All it says is seek me. If you seek me, seek my kingdom and my way of doing things, then I will add all those things unto you. But what do we do? Oh, I want a new house. Oh, I want to go on a holiday. Oh, I want a hot boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. So what do we do? We get into toil. We get into striving. We say, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to get that promotion. I'm going to get the money in the bank. I'm going to have that holiday. And we take God right out of the equation. I'm going to find a husband or a wife. Nowhere in God's word does it say that. It just says, seek me, seek my kingdom, and I will add all those things. Not you will add, I will add all those things for you that I will do far beyond what you can even think or dream or ask or imagine. That's Ephesians 3.20. That he will do it. And too often we're like, I've got to pray more. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. No. You just got to seek him and relax and let him and his love and the fact that he's approved us sink into us. You know, we can be hyper spiritual, but in our little spiritual place, we're just striving. And when we say press into him, it just means come close to him. When it says step into him, go deeper, it just means, God, I want to know you more. There's no striving in that. It's just going, God, I'm here. I want to know you. There's no toil in that. And church is very good at toil. Very, very good at it. Now, we've been reinstated back into the blessing. Adam and Eve had a task to do. All God asked them to do was tend the garden. There was no weeds. There was no pests. There was no critters eating up the vegetables. There was no toil. They were just to tend what God had given them to do. The plan was for them to use the creative power of the blessing that was on them and the authority that was on them because they were made in the Father's image to extend Eden. There was no toil. When Jesus died on the cross, he broke every curse. Galatians 3. 
He broke every curse so that the blessing that was on Adam and Eve, the blessing that was on Noah, the blessing that was on Abraham, Isaac and Jacob would be ours. We are heirs of the promise. So there's no toil in that blessing. We've got to get to renew our mind and trans- be transformed by what the word says. There's no toil. If you're toiling, you're not walking in the blessing. And I've had to ask God to forgive me because often I toil. might not be the only one. You know, we, we toil and you can see it in our faces. faces. And, oh, I've had such a hard week. Oh, it's been so hard. But God says that he will give you supernatural power and ability to be able to do everything that he asks you to do. You know, I was, I was talking once to somebody and they had a job where they had to lift heavy things all by themselves. It was like a massive weight for them to lift. And I said to him once, how do you do that? And he says, I, have, I get supernatural ability to do it. So he's able to lift these things by himself. See, too often we do things, this is us, and we compartmentalize our life. This is us, I do this, and then over here is God. Instead of he is the center, and we're in him, and he's in us, and everything flows out of that. I am the vine, he is the vine, I am the branches. And all the strength, all the power flows out of that. So when I asked him, what do I do? He says, you just seek me. And I would encourage you to do the same. To stay out of toil, we just seek his face. And he'll tell us what to do, where to go, who to speak to. You know, he wants to prosper us. It says that he will profit you and he will lead you in the way to do that. You know, when we look at our finances, we can get into toil and stress and worry. And he says, I will teach you how to profit. So Isaiah 50, 48, I will teach you how to profit and lead you in the way you should go. And he says, just seek my face and I will show you how to do things. You know, I'm called to be a pastor. That's just a shepherd. Now, I get that because I'm a sheep farmer's daughter. So I understand the whole shepherd thing. In the Middle East, the shepherd was just, he led from the front or she led from the front. And it's not like, you know, the motorbikes where they round up the sheep and there's a dog yapping and all that. And my father used to pull his hat off and be stomping up and down. You know, it was like a scene from Fort Rots Flats or something. And it's like, (laughs) truly it was. (laughs) But it's like they would drive the sheep. In the Middle East, when Jesus said, I am the shepherd, and he asked us to be shepherds, is that they would go in front and the sheep knew the shepherd's voice. And he had tended them since they were little lambs and they loved the shepherd and they just followed. And his job or her job was to just lead the sheep to water and to green grass and he would just look after them. My task is to spend time seeking his face, spending time just resting in his presence, not toiling, and then to share what God's shown me. Now it's up to the people I talk to and it's up to you whether you eat and you drink. 